Come on, Action, how y'all doing? Let's go. Come on, be, be, be seated. I, uh, I had an introduction. Thank you for making mine sound stupid now. Um, no, I, man, what an honor, what a joy to be here uh, with, with uh, family. Come on, y'all are family. Um, your family, to me, uh, pray for you. Uh, and and your, your pastor is, is, he's already said it, my, my best friend. And uh, I, we always said it like this, it's important that you have friends in your life, come on, that double your joy and cut your sorrow in half. And uh, you're gonna have to have a friend like that. And your pastor is, is that, you know, he said some things about how I've been that, he, he's been that for me. Um, and uh, he brings out the best in me. Come on, best friends is one of those kind of words you can, th I know a lot of people be like, I got best friends. Everybody's a best friend to you, but you need somebody right in your life that is gonna bring out your best. Um, in the good times and, and the bad times. And so Pastor Justin's made me a better father, a better husband, a better leader, a better pastor. Uh, really a better friend in all, all areas. And so, buddy, I love you um, for all time. We say it all in for all time. And what you're seeing here, hopefully, is something, come on, that God wants to give you. God wants to give it to you. God has it for you. Um, and so, uh, it's just it's so great to be here. And of course, uh, my, I'm also here to see, I'm kind of a little nervous because for the first time, my wife is, is with me. Crystal, um, you are my best friend in the whole entire world, uh, mother of our four beautiful kids. I love you, I honor you. I would not be on this stage uh, without you. And God didn't just call me, he called us. And he called you and you make me the best version of who I am. Come on, would y'all give it up for my beautiful wife, Crystal, up here cheering me on. I love you, baby. Married 15 years and uh, just wouldn't wanna do it with anybody else. And we have a, a beautiful, a beautiful family. I think uh, we got a picture of our, of our family. Um, and I, I didn't know that my wife was gonna pick the picture where I look like Teen Wolf, but she did anyway. So I, I don't know how that happened, but I was in a dark spot. Come on, this is one of those days I needed Pastor Justin in my life. Uh, some facial hair going on that uh, we had to get rid of. But uh, that's our four beautiful kids and oldest is 11 all the way down to four. And uh, it's been an unbelievable journey. It, and God's been, come on, God's been faithful. God's been good. And uh, I'm just here today, uh, action. I really believe that the Lord's given me an assignment. And the assignment that I wanna, I'm gonna try my best to give is that your church, this house, is a house of miracles. That uh, I was here, I was able to be here Friday night for the 18 party. Oh my goodness, if you don't know what the 18 party is, hey, ain't no party like an 18 party because the 18 party don't stop. What? I mean, this place was crazy on Friday night. I mean, wins and just getting to hear and see the part of the team that makes this work and 3,800 salvations just this year and it kept all these big numbers. We're not used to such big numbers where we, you know, rich 8,000 gallons of gas and 401 serve projects and 8,000 meals given away. It sounded like every single, there was like a 8,000 before every single subject that was happening. I'm like, this is a, this is a move of God. Like this is, this is a 285 baptisms and people going down and coming up with a brand new person in Christ. It was just a miracle. It's a house of miracles. And it's amazing and it got me thinking that man, as much as God has miracles for the house of God, that God has a miracle for your house. Come on, 
that I believe that not only does God have miracles for his Capital C Church, for his house, and he does, by the way, but the miracles that are happening in Action Church, the things that make Action Church a house of miracle, make miracles is when you experience a house of miracles in your life. So I wanna to talk to you a little bit today about miracles and the fact that your miracle is connected to your movement. That the miracle, listen, that you've been praying for, the miracle that you've been believing for, the miracle that you've been asking and dreaming and wishing for is connected to your movement, to your motion. And I just believe with all of my heart, if we'll discover that, and if I believe God's given me just a, a pretty easy message, a basic message. But if we'll stretch it out, if we'll learn how to do these things, that I believe you're gonna see your life turn into a house of miracles in Jesus' name. I'm gonna read and I'm gonna pray. I want you to open up your Bibles to Mark chapter three. I'm gonna show you one of my favorite miracles recorded in the New Testament. And this is, again, Mark chapter three. I'm gonna be reading out of the ESV. It says, again, he entered the synagogue, talking about Jesus, and a man was there, come on, with a what? A, a withered hand. And they, what they do? They, they watched Jesus. Are y'all here? I don't know if it's behind me. I can't look behind. Are you, so let me just, let's, I'm Josh. You're Action Church. Let's get to know one another real quick. I was a Marine from 2002 to 2006. So I've only got one pace and it's 190 miles an hour and we're starting right now. Okay, everybody good? Okay, okay, just let's. And he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they did what? They what? They watched Jesus to see whether he would heal. And the people that were watching Jesus were the religious people that just attended things. How many know you can be so busy watching Jesus you forget to worship Jesus? They were watching to see what Jesus would do. They were watching in the room because they didn't really need Jesus to do a miracle in their life. So instead of being receptive, they're watching. They watched, they watched him. They watched to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. Look at Jesus' response. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at the sadness of heart. And he said to the man, what did he say? He said what? Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. In Jesus' name, I'm believing as we go through this text just a little bit that God is gonna do a miracle the miracle you've been asking, waiting, and praying for in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, would you come? Do what no man can do. Open up every ear. Soften every heart. Prepare us, Lord, oh God, for the word, Lord, to, that we would just hear it, Lord, we would receive it, that today, Lord, would be the day that we experience the miracle that we've always been dreaming and wanting, hoping it would come. We love you. We honor you. It's in the mighty, it's in the great name of Jesus Christ. We pray all these things. Come on, everybody, say a good. Amen. Come on, say a good amen. I want you to take out that, come on, take out that note sheet. I love a good note sheet. Your pastor, pastor said, y'all have a note sheet. Y'all take notes. You could take, you know, get out your iPhones. You can take pictures. You can't do that if you got a burner phone, so you're gonna have to take out the paper and get a pen out and actually write down. Take, take some notes, because I wanna give you what I really believe is, is a pretty basic, simple formula, the outline that we see how this guy got his miracle, because he's he starts off by being in God's house. He, he's in the room, and, it's, it's, a, and it's, a, it's a house of miracles, and it's a house of miracle, because guess who's in the room? Jesus is in the room. 
Jesus, the, the miracle worker, the way maker, the, the light in the darkness, the promise keeper is, is in the room and there's a man there, come on. And the Bible says the man had a what? He had a, a withered hand. He has a unusable area of his life. He's got a part of his, his body, he's got a part of his life that, that's marred, that's broken. It doesn't work the way that, that it should. It's paralyzed, the, the blood, the circulation doesn't work as it should. It's, it's, it's a lifeless area. And have you ever noticed how something small, like, I don't know how much you think about like a hand, how much of something that is small as a hand, but if it doesn't work properly, how it impacts everything else in your life? Not too long ago, actually, I was with your pastor. I just experienced, it's not with my hand, but with my, I sprained my ankle with your pastor. And I was gonna try to stand up here and lie and say that I sprained my ankle because we were playing golf together, but you don't sprain your ankle playing golf. You don't, you don't do that. And so I was like, we, we, I didn't want to tell you what we were doing, and so I'm not going to, but we, we, I, I sprained my ankle. Okay, fine. We were riding scooters together. Okay, that's really, that's what we were doing. We were literally riding scooters together. Don't ask me why we were riding scooters together. So I'm still dealing with, so if you see me, I'm, I'm 41. I, I'm not trying to act cool. I don't got swag. It's because my ankle's still busted. I got a wrap on it right now uh, just to be on this stage. But it's so, I, and I whined about this little ankle sprain all the last two weeks. You know, my wife is like, baby, can, can you help me with the kids? I was like, oh, I gotta elevate. <laughs> Doctor said to elevate it, you know? I, you know, I gotta get that, the blood flow. I gotta get it back, you know, it's, it takes down the swelling. Hey, baby, it's time to put the kids to bed. Oh, I gotta ice it, just 20 more minutes. <laughs> 20 on, 20 off. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna get it down together. It's amazing, though, how something that, again, is so small, you don't realize the impact that it has on you until it doesn't work like it should, until it doesn't work properly. And this guy has a hand that's, that, again, come on, withered. And this is important that we understand the context of the story and the, the situation that we find this guy in, because especially in those days, your hands represented your authority. Hands represent accomplishment. Hands represent power and protection, and it's how you can attack. It's how you can defend. It's also how you can what? Provide. Your hands are how you get things done in your life, and this guy only has one that works properly. And because he's only got one, and now he would have been looked at as he has a disease and a dysfunction, so he would have been an outcast. He would have been marginalized. He would have lived his life always knowing, hey, I could maybe reach that He's living his life thinking, hey, you know, I might be able to carry this thing heavy if. But now I'm also wrestling with the tension and the realization knowing that I'll never be able to do any of these things without the help of somebody else because I've got an area in my life that's withered. Wow. It's hurting. That's deformed. He needed, he needed, a, he needed a miracle. He needed a miracle. So I'm, again, I, just very, very quickly, for those of us that are in the room, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a pastor of a church. I need a miracle. How many in the room believe in God for a miracle? You need a miracle. Listen, some of you, some of you need a miracle in your relationships. Some of you need a miracle in your finances. Some of you need a miracle with your emotions. Some of you need a miracle for that crazy kid. I've got four of them. They're all crazy. Praying for all four of them. Need a miracle for each one in a different way in Jesus' name. 
Come on, some parents, some, some of you need a miracle for that wayward child. And you've been believing and you've been praying for it for so long and it still hasn't happened. You're starting to forget that God still can do the miracle that he put. Come on, he can still do it. You got a miracle that you've been asking God for. So the tension is, what do you do when you see God work miracles in other houses while you're waiting for the miracle in your own house? What do we do? I see these miracles, but God, where's mine? What about my miracle? What about my situation? What about my withered arm? What do we do while we're waiting? And if you need a miracle today, come on, I've got good news because not only does God still do miracles, I believe in this story that we just read, there's an outline of how we can move from waiting and wishing and hoping for a miracle to actually experiencing the miracle that God has for us. Come on, I get those note sheets out. I want you to write this down because if you're here today and you need a miracle, we're gonna start just really, really simple. It starts, number one, by just being in the room. Sometimes you just gotta be in the room. I mean, this guy would have never, ever experienced his miracle without what? Just being in the room. We don't need to overcomplicate it. I know we want something just real, give me, take me deep. Just, just really lead us into the deep waters. Hey, just get into the room. How about that for deep? If Jesus moves in the room, how many think it might be a good idea that I'm, I'm in the room? It just starts with being in the room. Do you remember how it started in Mark chapter three and verse one, it says, and again, he entered the synagogue and listen, who? A man was there with a need. Right. It's amazing how great we are at being in the room when we have a need. But when, we need, when our need runs out and life is good and COVID kind of goes away and everything opens back up, how being in the room now to Christians becomes optional. Oh, but put me in a need. I'll find my way back to the room real quick. It just starts, again, by being in the room. And this man, his sight is fine. His, his hearing is fine. And his walking is fine. And Jesus comes into the room, and he's assessing the needs, both spiritual and physical, because they're both there. He's got a guy that's got a physical need, and there probably was several people that needed a physical miracle. But he's also dealing with another group of people that are spiritual elitists that because their hand isn't withered, they don't think they need anything from him. And so Jesus is beginning, he's gotta immediately address, who am I, who am I, who am I speaking to? Who, who's in the room that's actually going to be ready to receive the miracle that I have for them? Again, in this man, he, he's got this need, and of course, I, I believe this, because this is only one of seven miracles that's recorded in the Gospels that Jesus does on the Sabbath. Something about I love about Jesus just doing miracles to irritate people. <laughs> and again, he's not trying to irritate, he's trying to irritate, he's trying getting underneath the skin of the religious people. Just, just do it, and this man, you could probably, he knows that Jesus does miracles, and he'll do them on the Sabbath. He's been probably, I, I like to imagine, he's probably been following Jesus around, hoping and thinking that maybe this will be the time when I'm in the room that Jesus finally, that Jesus finally sees me. Can I just tell you, sometimes the easiest solution, somebody is also the right solution. You've been waiting some, for something real big, complicated. I need a, rawr. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. You know, just, oh, gee, you know. Yeah. You, get, you get real spiritual face. Because yeah, yeah. if I get a spiritual face, I'm going to get a mirror. You know, now, 
You just gotta start by being in the room. And why, can I just tell you that it's in the room where encouragement happens? It's in the room where the atmosphere of faith is built. It's in the room where you worship together and it's different than worshiping and being by yourself. That I know your pastor, I know this team here, all week long, they're not dreaming and thinking of any way of ways to entertain you. They're dreaming and hoping and praying that in just one moment of the experience today that you'll be in the room and experience a God that can change your withered hand in one moment, in one instance. And hey, online family, we love you, we celebrate you, we honor you, but you've got to get in the room. It's just not the same of just watching from your couch. You've got to be, now if you're sick, stay there. That's what, that was for free. That one's for, for free. But you, <laughs> you got to get in the room. Come on, we got to, how am I, Josh, I want to get my miracle. Get in the room. Get our faith is, man, what was, what was this song? I never heard it before. I'm believing, I'm, 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 things are, it's un, unmovable. Unshakable, unbreakable. God, I believe. Ooh, I was having a moment here on the front row by my, thank God y'all couldn't see me. I was like, mm, ooh, I don't even know. Ooh, give me something to break. I need to tear down something. Let's, God's doing, what was that? I was, ooh, something was happening on the inside of me. That's what happens when you're in. Listen, don't, don't fall for the, it is a demonic, cultural, westernized, watered down, gospel version that says it's okay to be a churchless Christian. I don't have time to go into, listen, a churchless Christian is the same thing as a Christless Christian. No, Josh, that's not, okay. The Bible says that he is the head and we are, when I say we, I'm talking about the the church, the bride of Christ. We are his body. He is the head. So when you try to disconnect the head from the body, what you have is a decapitation, and that's gross. That's weird. By the way, you can always spot the weird Christians. They're walking around without a head. Listen, don't buy, don't let this secular version that's perverted the gospel that says, oh, all you need is Jesus. That's true. All you need is Jesus is for, for salvation, but you've got to get connected that head into the body of Christ. You got to get in the room. You got to get in the room. You got to get in the room. Am I in the room? You got to get, get into the room. By the way, this is not the same. This is not new to us. Followers of Jesus have been fighting this for a long time. The long time. Jesus himself, right before he ascended to the right hand of the Father, after his resurrection, he told 500 followers, hey, I've got a miracle for you. I've got a house of miracles for you. You're about to see it, but you're gonna have to return to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait in the upper you got to wait in the room for the promise, the miracle that I'm going to pour out because I've got an assignment for you that you won't be able to do until you are clothed with power from on high. So go back and wait in the room only to go to Acts chapter 2 and find out that out of the 500 people, only 120 made it 
to the room, which tells me, now I have marine math, but I can do this, that there was 380 other followers that found something better to do than to wait in the room and then the miracles poured out and I had to work that Sunday. Oh, the Holy Spirit, it happened? Oh, I was at the lake. Oh, I'm coming for y'all right now. Oh, I had, I had Disney tickets. Oh, no, watch it. Hey, I know. Hey, there's some things I know you're like, hey, we have untouchable things that you just can't. <laughs> I come when I can. When there's not a... If you're not in need, it's easy for you to double book God. Until you get a hand that's withered, it'll take a hand, it'll take an area of your life, it'll take a, a brokenness, it'll take a pain, it'll take a hurt to bring you back to the place you're like, I've got no other choice than to be in the room every single time. Oh, I know we like to sing that. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah, when you're in it. Let me ask you two questions. Let me ask you two questions real quick. Talk about being in the room. Ask ourselves these questions. Number one is, am I in the room consistently? Depends on what you mean by consistent. No, it doesn't. Last time I checked, consistently means consistently every single time. Stop split. Am I in the room? Why are we even talking about... It's frustrating as a pastor when you want something for people more than you want it for yourself. Like, how bad do you need a miracle? And here's what the deal is. You don't even know the reason why you need to be in the room consistently is because even if you don't need a miracle right now in your life, when you stand in the gap and you're in the room consistently, what you're doing is you're making future provision for a miracle that your kid might need or your grandkid might need or your spouse needs. So we've just got to have this firm conviction that come hell or high water, I'm going to be in the room. Parents, get your kids in the room. Keep them in the room. Stay at home. Parents don't raise, go to church kids. And now we want to write Pastor Justin and need a recommendation for college or a letter to the judge about a kid he's never met before. Oh, I'm get. I've got to. I'm sorry. I got. I got to move on. Am I in the room consistently? How about this, Pastor? I can tell you're a Marine. You've been yelling at me for 15 minutes. We've never even said hi. And I'm in the room. Go easy. Go easy, I'm, Okay. Let's ask ourselves this question: Am I bringing others in the room consistently? Did you know that people who have experienced having a withered hand, but who have also experienced the healing that God had brought to their life should be bringing 
other people who have withered hands into the room every single time the doors open. Follower of Jesus, person that is in the room all the time, congratulations, it's amazing. You need to bring your friends with their withered hands every single week. If God did it for you, he's got it for them too, but they've got to be in the room. Side note, shameless plug, next Sunday, you have an unbelievable opportunity for lights, camera, action. There's gonna be an unbelievable movie. This place should be overflowed, people packed everywhere. Just just what? Trying to get in the room. Get in the room, get in the room, get in the room. Number two, you gotta be in the room, gotta be in the room, gotta be in the room. Number two, after you're in the room, you can't just be in the room, you've got to move in the room. You gotta move in the room. You gotta move in the room. Come on, we can't stand still. We gotta move. We gotta move in the room. Look what happened in Mark, uh, in, in verse three of the story. This is Jesus, and he said, I love this. He said to the man with the withered hand, what did he say? He said, come here, come here. I love this, because Jesus is also always reinforcing, following him is not a one-time event. This is not a one-time thing that you do. That's why I also love act. I wish I could call our church Action Church. <laughs> Some of the word Action Church that just fires me up. I can feel my blood pressure rising, right? It's just action. Yes. We're just doing, we're, we're moving places. We're, we're going places. We're, we're always gonna be reaching. We're always gonna be connecting. We're always gonna be doing everything we can to get more people. And I love this. Jesus calls me. He says, hey, come here. Do you know that Jesus didn't need the, the guy to come here to heal him? Like, this is Jesus. Jesus could have done anything. He could have spoken a word and he would have been healed. That's right. That's right. Jesus could have been like this. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jesus. That's amazing. But if he would have done that, he also would have robbed an opportunity for a man to move, yes. to stretch out his faith, to move. He says, Jesus says, Come here. I love this because Jesus is always inviting. This is so critical. Don't miss it. Jesus is always, always inviting people, always inviting us to come here. Come here. I know you're, you've been in the room for a while. And I see that brokenness. I see that hurt. I see that pain. I've got a miracle for your life, but you got to come here. You know what that is? That's gotta take a step. You've gotta experience the promise because God's word is in complete harmony and unity that if you come close, he'll come close. And Jesus, you could see this guy, Jesus is inviting him. He says, and there's other translations that says, he actually said, not even come close. I want you to get down here in the center of the whole entire room. Come, Jesus is always inviting. Listen, listen, and still inviting you. Oh, but I can't do, I got, I got a past, I've got a brokenness, I've got a deformity, I've got something that you, you're not gonna want, you're not gonna want what I have. Jesus is saying, I'll take it just like you bring it. I love you just where you are, just how you are, but I also love you too much to let you stay there. Yes, thank you, Lord. Come close. 
Listen to the invitation of the, listen, his spirit. Revelation says that the his whole invitation is, the spirit and the bride say, and it's so frustrating because there's so many Christians everywhere that have been following Jesus for a long time. They've been in the room and you've been stuck in the same place for years. And the excuse is, hey, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna move when I get this thing figured out. I'm gonna come when I get this brokenness healed. I'm gonna come when this thing goes away. And listen, the word of the Lord would come to us today and say, no, come just as you are. Come here, come here, come here. Bring it to me, bring it to me. I can take it, I can take it, I can take it, I can take it, I can take it if you'll just... If you'll just move, if you'll just move in the room, I've got a miracle, but your miracle is tied to your moving. So a question for us about moving in the room. Maybe you ask yourself, what's my next move in the room? Ooh, I love this question. What's my next move in the room? Maybe your next room is to be water baptized. Come on, I mean, Water baptized, like full immersion. Oh, I don't need to get baptized. I got sprinkled. <laughs> Praise God. Wow. I feel, I feel like I'm coming after everything, Pastor Justin. I'm sorry. I hope, I hope that you forgive me. Blow it up. Put it on your wall. It's, but you need to be water baptized. Why? If, G, it's, did G, if it's Jesus did it, that's good enough for me. Just come be water baptized. Some of you, we're gonna have to hold you down for a little bit longer than others. Get all that stuff up. But you're gonna survive. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna get water baptized. Maybe some of you, your next move in the house is you gotta actually move from attending to joining the A-team. You gotta take action steps. You gotta find your purpose. I love that this church is an empowering church. They wanna help you discover your purpose and release you, listen, to go change the world with other people just like you. Some of you need to attend a small group and stop complaining that you don't nobody in Action Church because it's too big and nobody talks to me. That's why the groups are here because you've got to stay big on the weekend and small through the week. Yeah. You've got to have somebody that knows your name and prays for you. You're never going to do that unless you move in the room. Some of you need to not just even, you need to stop from just attending a small group and lead a small group. Josh, I can't lead a small group. I've got a withered hand. We've all had withered hands. Bring it to, come here. Let Jesus stretch it out. Let a miracle happen in your life. Some of you mean to go from tipping God to actually tithing, returning the first 10%. That go, why? Because I've got to, I've got to move. I've got to move in the room. You got to, be in the room so you can move in the room. And I think these first two position you for a miracle. And this last one, and I'm gonna wrap it up, is really what unlocks the miracle for your life. Because we not only be in the room and move in the room, write this down, number three, you also have to stretch in the room. You gotta stretch in the room. I don't know about you guys. I hate stretching. There's some weird people that like to stretch. I don't like stretching. You know, this is about, you get something like this, that's about it, that's about it for me. You ever try to like stretch out your hamstring? You can't stretch, it's hard, it hurts. And um, when I work out, when I used to work out, there was a, 
Is it that, it's that obvious? But anyway, I, I used to work out for real. And every single time I used to work out, um, I work out with a buddy named Brandon. We go to bench press. Oh, I love bench press. Something about mainly about bench press. You know, you can compare yourself. It's, comp- it's comp- you know, competition. I- I'm gonna take, you know, I can do more than you, you know. But every single time we'd go, Brandon, my buddy, even when we were lifting like big weight, we would always start with just the bar. No weight on it. And it used to drive me crazy. I'm like, why? We're gonna put some weight on this thing. He said, no, 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 we're gonna start with the bar. Why? Listen, don't miss this. Because the bar prepares the body for the weight. That just the stretching motion of the bar, listen, prepares you for what is getting ready to come. It's a stretch. Listen, the growth is in the stretch. Very good. The lifting of more weight is in your stretch. Look how the story ends. And you remember Mark chapter three and verse five, he says this, and he looked around them with anger and grieved in their hearts, the hardness of their heart. Come on, and he said to the man, what did he say? He said, what? He said, stretch out your, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. As I'm closing, I was thinking about this picture. I'd been following Jesus and I've been made fun of and I've been, I felt so insecure and I felt so lonely and I felt so broken and I felt so empty because there's this part of me that I don't want anyone to see. And then finally the master, the the miracle working God, Jesus says, stretch out your hand. And I'm telling you, if I were me, I would be tempted to hide this part and only stretch out the, the good part of who I am. Jesus, if you want me to stretch it out, I know you can't use this, though. Let me give you at least the whole part of who I am. Maybe you can use this, but I know this is, this is too broken. This is, this hasn't worked in years. I've never been able to get this part of my life. I've never been able to kick this addiction. I've never been able to get over this depression. I've never been able to get over the manage this. So let me give you the part, God, that maybe you can. only to discover that Jesus, his invitation to him is the same invitation to us today. Oh, I want the broken part. I want the the messed up part of who you are. I want the part of you that's not working. Bring that part to me and I've got a miracle on the other side of your stretch. I've got, Jesus knew what, he knew what part Jesus wants talking about. He, he, was, he knew what Jesus was telling him to do. Even though it's tempting to show this, he knew that Jesus was saying, hey, I want you to do something that's impossible for you to do on your own. I want you to stretch where you've never been able to stretch before. I want you to, Expand. I want you to do. I want you to think things that you've never been able to think. Not only I want you to do things that you've never been. I've got a miracle on the other side of your stretch. I've got. A, I couldn't help it. I was thinking about this. Do you think that the miracle? It didn't happen when he was just by being in the room. 
By the way, it didn't even happen when Jesus said what? Stretch out, did, the miracle didn't even happen by moving in the room and Jesus saying, stretch out his hand. It didn't happen. Look at the, look at the remainder of this verse in, in five. It says, and he looked around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Don't miss what happened. Well, how does it go? And the next part says, and he stretched it out and his hand was restored. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. Don't miss this. His hand was going to stay withered until he stretched it out. What are you talking about, Jesus? I can't stretch this out. It's been locked up. It's been deformed. It's been hurting. It's too far broken. It's too far gone. Missing the fact that when you activate your faith and you move, when the word is given, the miracle is unlocked. Because listen, if you do not learn how to stretch it out, God has already spoken to you. God is already for you. Stop waiting on God to come. He's already come. He's already empowered. And if you do not stretch out the thing that he's given you in your life, what you experience is you can be in the room and you can move in the room and still have a withered hand. Stretch it out. Our church just experienced this. I've just experienced this. I've had the worst year of my whole life. My dad died earlier this year of complications from COVID. Matter of fact, the, the last time I was here at an encounter night, we were praying for him. He was in the ICU. And my hero, and he, he wanted us to have a building so bad. We've been trying to buy our building and we thought the price was gonna be $8 million. We're going back and forth and the owners came back and said, they're not 8 million, it's 12 million. Well, that's the wrong direction. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. We needed a miracle. Pastor Robert, one of our overseers, he pastors a church in Lima, Peru of over 20,000. He's been portable for 39 years. At the same time that we found out that our miracle, our dream was just out of reach. We weren't gonna be able to do it. Pastor Robert got this news that, hey, our owner for the first time in 39 years is finally gonna sell us our building. Only condition is that we have to close by the end of the year. And as soon as he said that, the Lord started speaking, doing something in my heart. I was with another pastor today. Pastor, how much money do you need? How much money do you need to make it happen to close by the end of the year? And as soon as he asked that question, the Holy Spirit said, whatever his answers, is you're supposed to give half. And then I got really scared. He said, we need $450,000 to close by the end of the year. I went and told Brandon, I went up to Pastor Robert Bradford, I said, Pastor Heights Church, we wanna be the first people to give 50% of what you need to see your, why? Because the only way I've always grown up is if you wanna see a miracle happen in your own life, you gotta be a part of somebody else's miracle. I've always just learned from my dad that if you wanna see your dreams come true, make somebody else's dreams come true. You know what that's called? You know what that takes? Our church needs every single penny we have. We don't have any money. And we're gonna give $200,000 offering and send it to missions? That makes zero sense. And I stood up and I told the church, where we were seven days after we sent the $200,000, 
The phone rang, it was the owner of the building. He says, are you guys still interested in buying this building? Not at that price. How about $6 million? It went from 12 million to $6 million because of one stretch. Listen, I'm not done. I've got one minute and I gotta wrap up. Not only that, I was able to stand in front of the church and tell them the miracle that after we gave sacrificially and we stretched it out, and we stretched, we stretched it out. I stood in front of the people and said, we have an opportunity to buy it for six million, but we need a miracle. In our church, we need, we need some of you have to give sacrificially. We need $1 million to close this deal. And, I'm, and I don't know even why I said this. I just looked at the people and said, I think somebody in this room can do the whole entire thing. Our church is 800. We don't have it. That Sunday, last, this happened one week ago, last week, I had a couple come up to me after the church and say, Pastor, we're gonna give the entire million dollars to build God a house. Oh, come on, that's a win for the Capital C Church. And so listen, now we're gonna be able to buy a building, our very first own building. We're gonna be able to lead people to experience the God who can change your life. But it didn't start there. It started by just normal people. Stretching it out. God, I'm stretching in my marriage. I've got a stretch in my emotions. I've got a stretch in my forgiveness. I've got a stretch in my addiction. I've got a stretch in my dreams. I've got a stretch in my business. Stretching my relationships. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit's talking. If you'll be in the room and move in the room, where do you need to stretch today? Where do you need to stretch today? I'm telling you, stretch it out. And why? I'm gonna close. You can write it down. Because your miracle, your miracle is connected to your stretch. Your miracle is in your, come on, bow your heads and close your eyes all over the place right now. The Holy Spirit speaking to so many of you. You don't need, I've spoken enough. Come on, his presence is here. Hope is here. There's healing right now in the room. There's, there's a second chance, come on, that's waiting to be given right now on the other side of your stretch. With your heads bowed, dry eyes closed. Why don't you just, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Where do I need to stretch? Some of you need to, you just need to start, listen, this is all gonna sound impossible if you don't first stretch in your relationship with Jesus. Some of you, you had a relationship with him, but life's happened, you just, you don't know why. But you know that relationship isn't what it should be. Others, you've never had a real genuine relationship with Jesus. You might've had religion, but not relationship. I'm telling you, today's your day to stretch. Come back to him. Maybe you're, you're stretched. You need to stretch in your forgiveness. You've been holding on to that bitterness. You've been holding on to that anger, that resentment. Come on, God's got a miracle for you on the other side of your stretch. By the way, that's what surrender and salvation is all about is Jesus, because you stretched towards us and gave your life. I can stretch back and give you mine, surrender. I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. If you wanna be counted in that prayer, we're not gonna make you stand up or come up front, but I am gonna ask you to be bold. I'm gonna ask you to move. If you wanna be counted in that prayer, I'm gonna give you the words to say. 
And on the count of three, I want you to just shoot up your hands. Say, Pastor Josh, that's me. I need, I need to stretch. I need to stretch in my relationship. I need to stretch in my healing. I need to stretch in my forgiveness. All over the room. One, two, three. Come on, be bold. Move them. Oh, my goodness. All over the room. All over the room. Yes, yes. Dozens and dozens. All over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I'm stretching, Josh. I'm stretching. I need, I need to stretch. Come on, full of faith. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Come on, say it like this. Say, Jesus, help me. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. And today, come on, say, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Come on, say, give me the strength to stretch it out. Stretch it out. And we say this all the time. Say, say this his name. Say Jesus. All over him. Come on, say, say Jesus. Now say these two words. Say, I surrender. Now do it right now. Come on, surrender it right now. Surrender that area that you've been holding on to. Surrender that pain. Surrender that, that relationship fracture. Surrender that, that hurt. Surrender that abuse. Surrender that addiction. Surrender that resentment, that bitterness, that unforgiveness. Lord, we give it to you. Lord, we thank you that we can be a house of miracles. Lord, if we could just be in the room and move in the room and stretch in the room. Lord, you've got things prepared for us that we can't even imagine or think. And Lord, I pray for a special blessing and anointing, Lord, over Action Church. That in this season, Lord, we're gonna see miracles and signs and wonders and people restored like never before, Lord. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the mighty, the great name of Jesus Christ. We pray all these things. Come on, everybody said amen. Come on, can you put your hands together? Celebrate the decisions that were just made in this room.